Hello and welcome to Healthline 3. I'm Terry Simmons. Today we're speaking with Dr. Teresa Woodard of Center Well Senior Primary Care. And before we get started, a few tips for calling in with your questions. Just be sure you're in a nice quiet room with your TV turned down low so we can be sure and hear your questions. The number to call is 318-219-4569. And throughout the show, you'll see that at the bottom of your screen starting a little later. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Woodard. How Thank you? you for having me again. Good afternoon. Oh, it's so nice seeing you again. We really appreciate it. And we were talking a few minutes ago about how April is still move more month. And so do you feel like you've gotten the word out to seniors and they're moving more? I, I know that it was, a, you know, can't always tell, but it seems like this is a really good thing to get people started. How do you feel about that? Absolutely. Um, I think we've gotten the word out a good bit, but you know, you guys allowing us to share some time also helps. So. <laughs> well, we'd love this. We love getting the word out, especially with CenterWell and all the senior care. And we know that exercise is good for everybody, but particularly our seniors. And also, uh, sometimes we think about they're, they're inside a lot. Maybe they don't have anyone to help them get exercise. They need the socialization, as we all do. And we talked about, too, how the weather was probably hampering that a little bit. Are there any tips that you can give us for, for getting started? Sure. Like if you if there is rain or something like that, you can always do exercises at home, simple things like walking in place, squats, leg lifts, lunges, things of that nature. But as the weather does it seem to improve, you can always start something like a walking program, even if it's just around the neighborhood with your neighbor or getting out to the mall and walking around in the mall since it's air conditions and it's cooler there as, as the temperatures um, seem to go up. So there are plenty of things you can do. All of it counts as movement and all of it helps you reduce your risk of heart disease once you do get moving on a routine basis. That's right. And I love that you brought that up. All of it counts. And sometimes we think that we're not getting exercise if it's not an intentional get out and do something. But just putting movement, is, is it more of a mindset too, do you find? Just that movement of, I'm going to move, I'm going to walk a little farther. And we always heard those old stories about parking in the farthest parking space or walking a little more. Um, do you find that it, that's a good way to just change your mind about oh, just any movement is good? Absolutely. All of that counts. And that is that's a good example, actually, is parking further away. I'm using stairs as opposed to taking the elevator on occasion. All of that really does help. Um, you know, movement and exercise is really one of the easiest things you can do to decrease your risk of heart disease. And with heart disease, as we spoke about earlier, being the number one um, killer in America, it is something that we all should strive to do. It really is. This is great advice, and it's such good timing for you to be here for us to talk again. Anytime it's good to talk to you, and especially now with the weather is changing and we're able to get outside, spring is in the air. And if we do um, have a senior in our life that we'd like to help get more exercise, is, is it good to pay attention and really listen if it is too much, if it's not enough, you know, not to push them, but just try to you know, talk to them and, and get them interested in things that they like to do instead of kind of preaching to them? Absolutely. And another thing is, of course, with our senior population, you always want to check with your doctor first to make sure that you're doing activities that are safe, you know, you know, and appropriate based on what type of conditions you're dealing with. But as caregivers, it's good to go to those visits with them as well. At, senior, at um, Central Wells Senior Primary Care, we actually have activity centers where 
you know, neighbors or even patients, or you don't even have to be a patient, can come and do the silver sneakers classes or any of the other activities. We have gardening classes and things of that nature. All Again, all of that counts because all of it is movement and all of it is some form of exercise, whether it's getting in the garden, you know, mowing, mowing your lawn yourself or just simple walking. I love that. You just mentioned so much. It sounds so much fun. Tell us about the silver sneakers program. What's that? Well, Silver Sneakers program is, is offered to all of the seniors most of the time through their health program. And a lot of the Central Wells Senior Primary Care locations have appro you know, appropriated uh, Silver Sneakers classes. Either someone would come and do it at, actually at the facility or they're connected or collaborating with local YMCAs or local gyms that have certain classes specifically for the sneakers, I mean, <laughs> specifically for the seniors <laughs> on certain days for them to attend, no charge. <laughs> yeah, those sneaky seniors, they're getting in there doing that exercise. Tell us a little about, while we're talking about CenterWell, is, is these primary care centers, are these where people live or they come and go? What services does CenterWell offer? Well, Centua is a primary care facility, which means we are the family doctor per se, or the internal medicine doctor for the seniors. And it's basically just a, a clinic that serves and focuses on senior living because our seniors and their needs are a bit different from, you know, children or even younger adults. But with the center itself, we do more than just focus on the physical aspects of health. We deal with the emotional aspects of health as well as community health to make sure that they're being connected with good groups within the community that could help them such as food banks or local churches, or as we mentioned, local exercise programs such as Silver Sneakers or any type of physical therapy locations that, that they may benefit from. So we kind of do the whole spectrum of health for our seniors just to make sure that they're having happier and healthier lives as you guys mentioned earlier on the news broadcast. And what a service to our community to have something that's specifically for seniors. So I could walk in as a senior, I could walk in and bring a senior loved one in my family. It's a great place to start. If you care about someone, you wanna go specifically to find out what's good for seniors. Absolutely, and feel free to contact your local Central um, location because we do set up times for tours where you can just come and view the facility, walk around, ask questions, meet some of the providers and kind of get to know us. That's fantastic. What a great place to come and find things out. And what age, actually, if someone doesn't know, what age is considered a senior that age and up? Well, most of our patients are 65 and older, but we do also care for those that are still on Medicare or, or Medicare Advantage plans that may have a disability, um, that may be on you know, dialysis or, or things that allow them to still have that coverage even though they're younger in age. For instance, we have patients as young as 40 that come to the clinic, but that's because they're dealing with some other type of disease process that allows them to be able to benefit from the services that we have, such as they may be a dialysis patient, they may have cystic fibrosis or things of that nature. And that is a really good thing to point out too. That it's not, uh, you don't look at the number and calling that person a senior. If they are whatever age and they have some things that you deal with specifically, it's a great resource to come to you. Yeah, that's right. All right, and so tell us if, so someone has, um, they're very active or do you find that if someone has had a heart attack, they might be afraid to start exercising again or they kind of lean on that a little bit. What do you do with someone who has had a heart attack and they're afraid to exercise? 
Well, something as serious as that can definitely be traumatic. So there's definitely an understanding of how they would be leery to want to exercise after after going through such an event. But however, exercising is one of the best things that they can do to prevent that from occurring again. So it's definitely understandable that it takes time to feel that you're I guess up to standards or up to par to be able to do something such as physical activity after having such something such as a heart attack, but it is highly promoted. A lot of physicians or your specialists, such as your cardiologist, who you would see for something like a heart attack, would send you to something called cardiac rehab, where they actually begin to slowly um, and progressively get you back into type physical activities and things that you can do to help strengthen your heart, to help strengthen your muscles, and to make you more heart healthy. So those things do occur even after having a heart attack, and they're highly promoted as well. Oh, that's so good to know. And that, you know, once again, you're that resource to send them to the cardiac specialist for exercise after heart attack or stroke. And are the exercises different from before something like happens to after? It's not necessarily that anything's different. It's just that the progression of how they do things. You know, you're there with a specialized therapist when you go through that type of rehab and basically they assess what you can do at the time and slowly build up the intensity over time in an appropriate fashion so that you, and then you also have the support there so that you feel safe in doing so as opposed to just saying, get out and do it and then not necessarily having a plan because one of the best things you wanna do is to set your goals, to even write those down, have a plan and then be consistent with it. And over time, your endurance builds up, your confidence builds up, your mood lightens and gets better and you feel that this is something that can lead to a healthier lifestyle. And do you feel like that's really important to have a specific plan rather than just saying, I'm gonna move more? Well, it's definitely a lot helpful and it is often the times it gives you a little point of accountability so that you can look back at it and say, oh, okay, well, I said I was going to do this. I've kind of gotten off track, so maybe I need to focus more on doing what I said I was going to do. So it definitely helps. That's a good point. And do you find that having an accountability person, can they check in with CenterWell? They can come there and get their plan and maybe, you know, keep it, you know, journal it and write it down. Is there other ways that they can be accountable with some support? Oh, absolutely. We have, you know, we have things like little pamphlets and booklets that we can give. We can always, we always check in with them when they come for their appointments, but you don't have to have an appointment to come and visit us. You can come to the lobby, you know, have a cup of coffee with us, watch TV, literally, <laughs> that, that happens. We have patients that will come in and they just get their morning cup of coffee, chat for a little bit and go on out. But then we also have activities planned in the activity centers on a monthly basis. And it switches up a little bit from bingo to, like I said, gardening, from painting classes to exercise classes. So we try to mix it up. And we also listen to what our community and our patients want and try to incorporate that as the, as the year progresses. And what do you do as far as, I love all of those activities, even bingo or watching TV, walking in, you know, you're moving if you're getting up to go to Centerwell and have a cup of coffee and sit and watch TV and you can walk around while you're talking to people, like you said, just move, just keep moving. And what, do you, what are some other things and how do you find out what the community is really asking for? Do you go by what people are saying when they come in or do you do research? How do you know really, really what we need out here? It's a combination of both. We actually have someone on staff that works with the community and brings back that research and that information and kind of makes builds the calendar behind that. And we also listen to what our patients or you know our our, our frequent flyers, <laughs> as far as just our visitors, come by and, and suggest. So it's a combination of both. 
That's great. And firsthand, you know exactly what's going on in the community and they can tell you, and I'm sure word of mouth, I'm probably they do walk in right then and talk about, because well, you've created a great atmosphere for them to come in, sit and be at home right there and the resources, because there's doctors they would need on hand and then you have the resources if something happens and you don't take care of it right there. And so they can get there, but what about the people who are at home? Can you tell us some exercises that are good to do at home? We talked about just walking around, walking in place. What else specifically can we do if someone is at home and, and they don't really have the option of getting out well we if you don't have the option of getting out you can do what's called weight bearing type of activities those include things such as lunges you know on lunges with your which focus on the lower legs you can do small dumbbells for arm lifts and um, that type of thing you can do yoga at home you can do stretching exercises at home um, so things of that nature Okay, and can they come there and get maybe a list of at-home exercises if they don't know good stretches, or can you maybe tell them something to watch online? How do they know specifically what to do at home? Sure, they can always ask, and we, we have the we have some um, pamphlets and some type of uh, handouts and things that are available. And if we don't have it, we can always get it. <laughs> if, a patient wants to, if a patient wants to know something, or he's like, where are the closest Pilates centers? We may not know it offhand, but we'll get online and research it, and they'll walk out with it before they leave that. So we have no problem doing that. <laughs> I love that. We don't have it. We can get it. It's all good. So, Dr. Woody, you started out as a chemical and biomedical engineer. Do you think that has helped you um, with, the op you obviously have this desire to really educate patients and, and the people you talk to. Do you feel like all of that background, everything you learned about that engineering of how the body works and, and chemical, how has that helped you really enhance your practice? I can't believe you said that, but you make me blush, right? <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Let's talk about you. Let's do that because that's part of what this is um, all about. Well, well, engineering, it, you know, it deals with the mechanics of things. So definitely that kind of is a segue into medicine for me. Um, so, so it does help. It, um, just the whole analytical part of it helps because there's also a lot of that in medicine as well. With medicine, there is more, much, much of a closer relationship with people because you have your patients, then you have their caregivers. So you tend to um, make um, more significant bonds, you know, with medicine versus <laughs> with, with engineering, at least from my own personal experience. And so that's one of the things I do enjoy about medicine, being able to make those relationships. They know you by name. They'll see you in the grocery store. Hopefully they'll just say hi and not ask you a bunch of questions while you're there. But, but it's, good. it's good that they remember you and that they appreciate you when you do help them with their health. It really is a nice feeling, I know, when you're in the store and someone walks up and asks you your advice about something because it's what you, it's who you are, it's not what you do when you're a doctor and you're this type of doctor and, and being an internist too, I know that you, you have focused so much on the, our adults or senior adults. What makes you, what drove your passion for taking care of seniors? Well, the majority of with my experience, the majority of my patients have, have been seniors. Over half of the population that I treat has always seemed to be seniors. So it just kind of, you know, was one of those things that was meant to be. And, you know, as an internist, we do not see children. We only see adults. We may see some older teenagers, depending on the types of disease processes that they have. But over half of the patients that I've treated have always been the more mature patient. With actually, to date, my oldest patient was 107. So. <gasps> 107. That's yeah, I'm like, I'm like, can I live that long? Right? 
That's really fascinating, isn't it? It must really be for you and what you do to see someone who's lived 107 years. Did you just have so many questions for them? Do you like to study what they do and how happy they are living that long? Well, believe it or not, um, those patients that I do have that are 100 plus, they move a lot. <laughs> so they they do get up, they they walk like everywhere. So 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 those patients tend to be the more active patients. I, I'm glad you said that because I had a feeling that's where we were going to go with this because I have found that in everything that I've done in all the life I've lived and people I've talked to, it's movement. It's just get up and move, even if it's around the block. And this proves it. You see all of our uh, 100 and over, that's the first thing they'll tell you. And they want to. You know, it feels yeah. good, doesn't it? That's what you want to convince someone. Just try it because you'll get hooked on it. The more you move, the more you want to move. Have you found that? Absolutely. And it helps with your mood too. You know, you're but chemically, you're, you know, you release those endorphins and those, you know, elevate your mood. So it helps your mood, too. So if you're in a bad mood, hey, take a walk. By the end of the walk, you may be feeling better. Yes. You know, and they say that it really does matter if like, you're angry or it doesn't matter what age you are. If something happens, you've all heard that. Just take a walk cool down, take a walk. If you can't go outside, just move yourself from this area, go. And you'll find that breathing, just breathing, because that tells the body to settle down and, and it's all gonna be okay. So walking, just walking alone, just helps you live a lot longer, happier life, I believe, don't you? I do, I do. That's one of my favorite exercises as well. Mine too, mine too. And like you said, it's a really good time to think things over to, even if you're not walking with a friend, it really is a good time to just kind of be in nature and just, you just don't realize how much that helps you. Uh, it just, you know, gets your bones going and your muscles and it really is, it really helps things all the way around. It does, it, it does. does. So th thank you so much. Tell us about what really, I know it makes a difference for you when you're t working with someone because I'm gonna quote you here and you say that the more they know, the more they want to know, which is why you love educating people. Is that true? Yeah, yeah it is because when it comes to just, just comfort and the ease of things, you know, you don't wanna just be told take a pill or to do this exercise. You wanna know the why. Um, you want to know the when as well. You know, for instance, a patient may say, hey, I've been taking this medication. It always makes me sleepy. You want that feedback so you can say, hey, maybe we should try it at night since you're going to sleep at night anyway. <laughs> you know, and then they come back with the next visit. Like, I feel so much better. I have so much energy during the day. Just, just something as small as the time you take a medication can be important. So it's always good to allow your patients to share any type of feedback with you and get that information so that there is a learning and a teaching process there because all we want to do at the end of the day is to give them a better quality of life. That is a really good point too and it seems so practical to tell someone too and maybe if someone called you about a senior loved one maybe asking questions that would be a first thing that you could say I'm sure. Try something in the natural time of day that you would do it. Try something if you want to help everybody like, because sometimes I think, well, we're so awake, we're going to try it right now when this isn't the normal time that we would be going to bed. So follow what your body naturally does. Is that true? And, and is it individual to each person? It is. It is. And and some people are still actually as seniors still working. So it depends on their schedule as, as well. Some people are nighttime people. Some people are early birds, you know, as, as, as has been said before. So it all depends on what works best for them. There is no strict one way to do a thing or to treat any type of health issue. Basically, you tr we do our best to accommodate the patient, their lifestyle, their work schedule, their you know their wants and their desires to, and then just craft the treatment around that. 
in order for the patient to be more comfortable in what they're doing and thus more compliant, you know, which is ultimately for their success. Yeah, for their success, that's wonderful advice. And would you encourage someone, say they got up really early, they tried walking and they just didn't like it or they tried some exercise, would you maybe encourage trying a different time of day, maybe maybe walk at noon, you know, or maybe walk in the evening before you're settled down? Maybe it's just a time of day, like you said, your body naturally wants to walk at a different time. Of course, there's, there's no pressure. Like I said, there's no strict rules. Uh, there are a lot tons of people in my field that are the early birds, so they get out there and they go to the gym and they do all of that before they come to work. I am not <laughs> one of those people. <laughs> I am the night owl. <laughs> so you will never see me in a gym at 4 or 5 a.m. <laughs> my workouts are in the evening, and so I fully give anyone and all of my patients permission to adjust it to the prime time that works for you, as long as you do, as long as you get it in. That's what's important. That's right, as long as you get it in, it doesn't really matter. It's really interesting, isn't it, how some people are very early morning people and like to get it over with and do it, and some people are like, uh-uh, I'm gonna wait and do it at night because it really works better for me. So there's really no wrong time to do it, like you said, right, Just and, and try different things, try different times. Right, because you may find that going in the morning, sure, you can do it, but you don't feel you get your best workout. Your best workout may be at three in the afternoon once you're done with the majority of your day, and then it's still, early enough that you know your endorphins and stuff and all of that isn't keeping you up once it is time to go to bed so yeah so what would you say to someone you know a lot of people there's a lot of there's a lot of literature out there about what to do when what would you do if someone came to you and said no i i read where you're only supposed to walk or get your workout early in the morning then what do you say to someone well like i said it's to, to each his own if that's what they're adamant about and if that's what they want to do then you know that's with them. It's not a matter of necessarily disagreeing with them. It's just finding what works best for a person, um, you know, and just kind of leave it at that. As long as, long as, as long as they're getting it in, if they prefer morning, then that's perfectly fine. And are you finding now, as it has changed over a, the past, well, many years now, more people in their seniors are still working. We kind of touched on this a minute ago. So what are you finding in the difference in maybe they come to you and they have a nine to five job, they work Monday through Friday. Some of them work retail and the, on the weekends and have different days off, and some of them aren't working at all. What are you finding in the difference in wanting to move or taking care of themselves or their health between working and not working? Well. Um, it kind of varies. Uh, what I have seen a little bit is that the seniors that still tend to work um, are kind of neglecting themselves. So we try to give them gentle reminders to still take care of themselves. And part of that is getting some form of exercise. So if they are working, say, as breeders or they're doing a lot of walking on their day job, then maybe just one of their days off doing some walking and the other day doing something more relaxing like a yoga or a stretching routine, because all of that is still about keeping the body limber and keeping yourself you know, healthy. So you don't always have to you know, do a high intensity workout and it and it still be considered a workout. You can still do something like meditation and yoga or, or something that's less intensity and it still counts. And it's true, it's probably 
once again, just ask them to try it because you and I have talked about you. You're working a long time, and I, you and I both like hiking and all of these activities. But on top of working hard, you find out you've put in a day, and it's really easy to talk yourself out of. I work so hard, I don't have the time. But it almost gives you it's more of a release. It's even more um, energy to go and do that workout. Just get outside and do it no matter what, and just kind of push through. And it doesn't take long to feel like you're on top of a really tough day or a work schedule. Getting out and getting some movement really helps. That, that is a very true statement. And another thing people can do that are working, most people you're getting to at least two 15 minute breaks during your work cycle. So part of that, you know, make one of those 15 minute breaks, you know, your walking break or your exercise break, whether it's jumping jacks or, or listening to music and dancing or whatever. So you can also use your breaks while you're at work and as part of your exercise for the day. You know, that's a really good point. It might help everyone that you're working around. Set an alarm on your phone at 15 minutes, stand up at your desk and dance. You know, just do it. You never know. That could brighten people around. You know, around here, yeah, we just I could do that and they would just be like, there she goes again. But uh, yeah, so just get up and move. You never know how you're going to reel in and get moving. Pretty soon everybody's setting their alarms. You're all dancing together. And it's, real, it's a real happy day. So uh, tell us more about uh, bone health and strength. Walking and, and exercising can also in increase your bone strength. Is that right? Yes, it can because of the fact that you're using your own body's weight as the resistance, you know, as the weight itself to help strengthen the bone. Um, bone strengthens one way through load bearing and just, you know, the weight of your own body can be considered that load bearing. So things such as like jumping jacks or the squats or the lunges, you're load bearing on those larger bones, which is helping to strengthen them. And that's a really good point too. Another thing that we can do at home, you can do at work, you can do on that break is do those lunges and um, yeah, and just make sure you're holding on to something for security and just do those deep knee bends and do, you know, give yourself, you know, a couple of sets of 10 and you're good to go and you've moved and you're building that bone strength. Also that prevents falls or helps prevent falls, I would think so too. Does that help with that? It does. It does. One of the things that it helps with is prevention of falls because it also helps with balance too. So, so and balance exercises usually aren't those really strenuous cardiovascular type of things. That's the things such as, you know, holding, like you said, holding onto a chair or some type of support and then, you know, balancing on one leg and alternating and balancing on the other, maybe even doing a short squat on one leg and then on the other. Those are all still considered exercises and they do help with bone strengthening as well as with balance. So. And that, a is a, yeah, and that is a really good point too. I understand that with seniors too, as we get older, we really need to think about our balance. And so finding really good balance exercises. And sometimes we think we don't break a sweat, that wasn't worth it, but it really is telling your body, helping yourself. Like I've heard of like lifting one foot a little bit off the ground and bending down to try to touch the floor or something like that to just really increase your balance. And it's very important, is that right? That's true. And what balancing also does, or balanced exercises also do, is help build the core. And when people talk about the core, they're talking about the, the ab muscles, the muscles around your stomach, as well as the back. So with those muscles being strengthened, that also helps decrease risk of falls. Right. That's a really good point, too. And we don't think about that. We strengthen that core and those abdominal muscles. That really strengthens the back and gives us that core, that foundation to move around. And um, I, I also have a relative in, much into his 70s and 80s that he really worked on just strengthening the muscles. He did more weight training almost as much, maybe not more than the cardio. So building your muscles is still important, too, as we grow. Is it true that we lose muscle mass as we get older? We, we do, we, we do. And I know one of the things, at least um, 
female patients are concerned about is not bulking up for us. They say bulking up, but we still want our females and our ladies to do some form of weight training. You would just use lighter weights and do more repetitions. So lighter weights and more repetition helps actually with toning and making your muscles form leaner versus what we usually think of when we think of weights, which are like the bodybuilders because they're using very heavy weights and things of that nature to bulk up the muscles. As women, you shouldn't worry about that. You just go for lighter weights and more repetitions. It's really funny you mentioned that because my grandmother one time saw some weights at my house and she said that same thing. She was all cool. You're gonna bulk up. You better watch out. You're not gonna bulk up. We don't wanna bulk up. <laughs> so it's all cardiovascular, bone strength, muscles. We've talked a lot about a lot here. What else would you like us to know about getting moving? Well, um, I'll just repeat the reason why we're talking today. You know, this is April. This is the National Move More Month. Say that five times fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so we just want to, everyone to get out and encourage you guys to move. Moving helps reduce your blood pressure, helps reduce your cholesterol, helps reduce your blood sugars. So anytime you're doing some form of exercise, you're helping your health in a way as well. Very nice. Thank you so much for summing that up for us. And let's talk about CenterWell one more time, what these primary care centers can do for us as well. Sure, CenterWell Senior Primary Care Centers, we have seven in the state, um, in Bossier City, in Shreveport, in Lafayette, in Denham Springs. Actually, Denham Springs is having their grand opening today. So if anyone is out in that area, feel free to stop by. I don't have the address on hand, but, but you can look it up online in Hammond, in Slidell, and in Covington. So we're located in all these places in Louisiana. We are the first senior-focused primary care center in the state of Louisiana. And we've been doing this for a while, and we'd love for you guys to just come by, even if it's just to take a tour to find more about us. That is wonderful. There's so many options and you don't have to live in the area to go to those specific ones. You can drive there. And also thank you for giving all that information. This will actually be on the website, ktbs.com slash healthline. So they can get everything you just said. Dr. Woodard, it's been a pleasure seeing you again. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day and keep moving. Thanks. Same to you. Great thank to see you. you again as well. Thank you. Everyone join us again next time on Healthline 3. Have a great day.